Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Wow, what an incredible time that we've had already. And um, what, a, what a great few weeks here that we've, um, as we've come together and experienced the presence of the Lord and just... Uh, took a few weeks to focus on the activity of worship and not just the action of worship but also the heart of worship and the motivation for worship and all those things and I am thrilled this morning to be welcoming to the pulpit to bring you uh, the concluding message in this series Pastor Lisa um, dear would you come this morning and just share your heart would you make her welcome as she comes this morning amen good morning What a powerful time of worship we had. And I'm just saying, I'm going to share this message quickly this morning, and then the team is going to come back, and we're going to worship the Lord, and we're going to tear the roof off this place with our worship. Are you ready to go deeper in your worship this morning? Amen. Amen. This this series that we've had on worship has just been awesome. Um, You know, as we're going deeper, we're understanding why we worship how we worship, and today we're going to talk about, we're going to share about the cost of worship. We're going to dive right in together this morning, so we're going to look at 2 Samuel 24, 24, because that sets the stage for this today. In that account in the Bible, if you go and read the whole thing, you'll see that David was there, and David wanted, David needed to make a sacrifice to God. And then there was this other guy, and he says to David, David, I will give you the land. It's yours. I'll give it to you. I'll give you everything that is needed for the sacrifice. But David says in verse 24, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God anything that has cost me nothing. Are you with me this morning? We don't want to give anything to our God that first has not cost us something. And you know, David's heart to offer costly worship to God pleased the Lord. David knew that God deserved his best. God deserved that which was costly to him. And David's heart is so beautiful in that passage of Scripture. A heart that says, I'm not going to give anything to my God that did not cost me something. That is what our heart towards God needs to be today. And so I want to touch on a few points this morning, a few truths about the cost of our worship. First, for true worship to take place, something has to be sacrificed. For true worship to take place, something has to be sacrificed. In other words, it has to cost you something for it to be of value. In John chapter 4, the Bible says that God is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And as we read through the pages of the Bible, under the old law, for a sacrifice to be made, something had to die on the altar. A goat, a lamb, an animal, according to the old law, had to be placed on the altar. And if it pleased the Lord, the word said that the fire would come down and consume it. Well, today, I don't know about you, but I thank God that we don't have to bring dead animals into this place. 
We don't have to bring a goat or a lamb or any type of animal into this place for a sacrifice to be made. You see, God's not requiring that any longer. Come on, church, you know what our Lord did. He sent his son Jesus, who gave his life on the cross as the ultimate sacrifice for you and I. The work on the cross made a way for our victory today. Aren't you thankful for that? So even though today there's no call for an animal to be sacrificed on the altar, there is still a call for a sacrifice to be made in our lives. In Romans 12:1, it says, I beseech you, I urge you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. If you read Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to follow me, you must take up, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, as a disciple of Jesus, there's going to be a cross to bear. There's going to be a cross to bear in this life and there's going to be sacrifices to be made. You see, we give our lives to God. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is what you get up every day and you do unto the God that you love and that you serve. And today, that is what God wants from us, is our heart. He wants our heart today because God wants to come into your life today. God wants to come into your heart today and show himself mighty in your life. Don't you want God to come in just new and fresh today in a powerful way? Don't you want God to show up in your everyday life and do extraordinary things? Anybody here today? As I've shared several times over the last month or so, even back to our ladies' event called Hearts on Fire, and I hope you ladies were there, I want to remind you today that God wants to send the fire into our lives. What does that mean? That means the work of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to walk in the Spirit in your everyday life. Why? Because when the fire of God comes, when the Spirit of God works in your life, it's there to purify you. It's there to empower you to be a witness and to be all that God has called you to be. Church, when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to be part of your worship every day, it's going to equip you. It's going to raise you up to be a person, a people, a church that God can use for his glory. And even today, I want to tell you, for the fire to come, there has to be a sacrifice. So I ask today, if we want the fire to come, if we want the Holy Spirit at work in us, we want to do what moves the Lord, we want the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, equip us, purify us, empower us for a victorious life, I ask, have we laid anything on the altar. As you came into this place today, as you've walked out this week before the Lord, have you sacrificed anything? Have you gone out of your comfort zone? Have you, have you given him anything that cost you greatly? Have you laid anything on the altar? Are we willing to make the sacrifice? Are you willing to lay your comforts aside, your fears aside, your questions, your confusion, your plans on the altar today because God is good, come on somebody, and he deserves our highest worship because we love him today. Worship costs us something. We give worship to God because of who he is. 
Worship is representative of a life that is dead to self but is alive in God's desires. We are alive in Christ Jesus. Whatever we give worth to is what we worship. I remember as a child sometimes I would have a friend over to play. And I'm an only child, so when I was able to have a friend over to play, it was amazing, right? Because it was like, this is the best day ever. I've got somebody to share everything with and to play with. It was amazing. And along with that, though, you put two girls together, and you know there's going to be a whole pile of giggling going on. Get the girls together, everything's funny. A whole pile of giggling would take place. And at one particular night, I had a friend over to spend the night, and we decided that we were going to play hide-and-seek in the house. We decided that the living room was the best place to play hide and seek. So we were running all around the house, and all of a sudden, my parents said, y'all be careful in here. There's some valuable things in this room. In other words, there's some costly things inside the house. And of course, us giggly girls, we we paid no attention to that, and then all of a sudden, my foot got caught in the lamp cord as I was running by. And as my foot got caught in the lamp cord, over came the lamp, the table, and everything that was on it. It all broke. I remember the shatter that took place. Now, yes, it was just a lamp, and it was just things, but once you become an adult, you understand how costly things are. And you understand valuing some things. Because somewhere along the way, that meant something to you. You knew it had value because you had made a sacrifice somewhere along the way to get it. That which costs you something is valuable to you. And when it comes to a life of worship, it's our choice to decide what is most valuable. Are we going to hold on to vain imaginations that need to be cast down in his presence? Are we going to hold on to our pride and our comfort, our fears? Are we going to give God our best today in this house? Are we going to die to self and give God our best even when it's uncomfortable? Are we going to die to self today and give God our best even when it costs us everything? You see, the thoughts you have that keep you comfortable are not from God. The thoughts you have that make you feel silly for worshiping God are not from God. You see, the God that we worship is the God that saved you, that keeps you sane, a God that has walked with you, walked with you through every tear, every battle, every disappointment, every heartbreak. The God that created you in His image. And those thoughts that you have that keep you from giving him your best are not from God. They are from Satan. And they need to be cast down today in your life in the name of Jesus. God says to us in the commandments that there are to be no other gods before him. There is only one true God. The truth is we all are going to worship something. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to have any other gods before the one true God. I don't want to have any other gods before the one that saved me, that delivered me, that has brought me up out of the pit many times. I don't want to have any other God before that God in my life. I want to make sure that I am worshiping him with all of who I am, even when it makes me uncomfortable. 
It's not about you understanding the cost of my worship today. It's about God knowing that I know who he is and that I love him and that I thank him for all that he has done for me. I want to show him my love in this place today. I want to show him my love as I go out of this place today. I want to show him my love in the morning, at noon, and at evening. I want to give him my best every day because I'm thankful. Are you with me today? He has saved you from eternal destruction. He has blessed you abundantly. He has healed you. He has brought you out of the pit many times. He has provided for you. Come on, somebody. He is a good God, and he is good at being God in your life. Secondly, we don't serve a God of leftovers. Praise the Lord. We don't serve a God of leftovers. Imagine yourself today preparing a meal for some special people. You're so hungry, and you just cannot wait to taste the wonderful food. And then the chef comes out with some two- or three-day-old food. Now, we all eat leftovers from time to time. We have to do that. But you know, honestly, in this instance, leftovers just aren't going to cut it, are they? Leftovers just don't taste the same as a fresh-cooked meal when it comes out to the table. And certainly, if you had guests over, you would not want to serve them leftovers. You would want them to have your best. And further than that, my goodness, if you were able to invite Jesus over to your house and spread a table for him, come on, somebody. You're not going to pull out the leftovers for the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're not going to pull out your leftovers and set them on the table for the Lord. And in the same, when it comes to what we present to God, he doesn't deserve our leftovers. See, God is worthy of more than the half-hearted time we give him in our devotional time, in the way we treat people, in our prayer life, in our tithing, in our thought life. God is worth more than the leftovers of who we are. God is worth more than the leftover time we give him. Do we come into our time of worship celebration with a heart to give God everything? Do we only give God what's left of who we are after we've given everywhere else? Pastor Steve shared last week, and I love this. It stuck with me, and it's so true. He shared last week about how we should enter into the times of worship that we have with all of who we are, not just in the church house, but a life of worship. Everything we give into the Lord, we should give God our first fruits. We should give God our best. Instead of dragging in here late on Sunday mornings, let's come in this place ready to worship the Lord. As Jessica opened this service with today, let's enter his gates with thanksgiving giving and his courts with praise hallelujah revival fire fall revival fire fall how about we start every day when our foot hits the ground and we say God thank you that revival is here thank you God that the fire is within me let revival burn in me and let it spread God I want to give you the best of who I am I want to give you all of who I am for you are worthy to be praised Leviticus 22 17 through 25 shows us that God is not a God of leftovers God reminded his people under the old law that when they went to make the sacrifice, he wanted animals that were without defect. He didn't want a sacrifice of the leftover animals. He wanted their best animal. He wanted the first fruits because that is what he deserves. 
God has done so much more than we could ever do. And we serve a God who deserves our highest worship. All glory and honor and praise is due his name. Will you join me in that right now? Like this moment. All glory and honor and praise is due the name of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. In Matthew 15, Jesus said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And in that passage, he was referring to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were people that only went through the motions. People that only went through the motions. Worship is our weapon. If we sit around and wonder why we feel defeated, if we sit around and wonder what's going on in our lives, if we sit around and wonder, God, how are you going to win the battle? We need to amp up our worship. We need to come up with the worship because that is our weapon. And God always put the worshipers out before. But he saw these people and he said, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts, their hearts are far from me. Their heart was not in that place to worship. Their heart was not to please the Lord. And what they did was not valuable in the sight of God. Because as I said in the beginning, today God wants your heart. God wants your heart. The cost of worship begins in your heart. Worship comes from your heart because you love Jesus. Your heart can be in one of two places today, and I want to share that with you. And I'm making this really difficult on me because I've got this handheld mic. But your, your worship, your heart, where you are today as you come into this place, to God's house and what he's doing in this place can be in one of two places today. As a matter of fact, when you go out to live your life, your life is worship. Not just what we do in here is corporate worship, but everything you do at home, everything you do at your workplace, it's a lifestyle of worship. It is what is on the inside of your heart that is pouring out to God because you love Him and you know that He deserves your highest praise. So I have a vessel here which represents us. And this is a vessel, and we are a vessel unto God. And I am so thankful that in this vessel I see life, if you can all see it. There's water in here. Life-giving, oh, the river of life. God's Spirit is in this vessel. Don't you love that? Don't you want to be that vessel? Water is represented of the life that God wants to pour into us. He wants you to have that every day when you go out to worship Him. But you can come into this place, and my honey's so sweet. He went out there behind the church and found me some rock because I couldn't find any rock. He's so sweet. Come on, he's sweet. Give him some sweet. Give him some sweet. So, the rock. And if I put the rock here into the vessel, this represents where you're here this morning. You're here when you're at ho- you're there when you're at home, you're there at work, wherever you go. But right now in this place is where you are right now. And you've come here and there is anointed worship that has come forth in this place. There's the Word of God that is coming forth right now to the best of my ability to deliver the message to you that God gave me. 
There's sweet fellowship in this place with the people of God. And you know what? If you come in here with your heart in the place of like a rock, there's the water, there's the anointing, there's the fire of God. But if you're like a rock, I can take this rock back out. There's no water, there's no life inside of this rock. It's touching the rock, it's all around the rock, but it's not on the inside of the rock. Okay, I don't wanna be that person in this house today. I don't wanna be sitting on the pew over there when there's anointed worship, the Word of God is coming forth. You are blessed and highly favored to even be able to be here today and to feel the presence of a God that is good, like the God we serve. I don't want it all around me, but not be on the inside of me. But then here's the sponge. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here's the sponge. When I put the sponge in the water, fire of God, Holy Spirit, anointing of God, anointed worship that I am partaking in. Hallelujah. He is in this place. His presence is in this place. And I'm not sitting there like a rock. It's not just around me. It is on the inside of me. And when it gets on the inside of you, it is going to flow out and there are going to be miracles. There is going to be a fire that spreads in this church and community. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Jesus. When you're in this place and you feel the presence of God and the anointing comes in this place, I'm telling you there's an anointing in this place. And if you don't feel it, if you don't sense God's awesomeness in this place today, I'm praying for you right now in the name of Jesus. Let it break through. Let the chains fall off. Let the walls come down. Hallelujah. Let them soak it up in the name of Jesus that miracles would break forth. Hallelujah. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, when it gets on the inside of you, you're going to start to cry. You're gonna start to cry. You're gonna start to shout. And you're gonna give the devil a black eye. And you're gonna take some territory back in the name of Jesus. You're gonna realize who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. And your worship is gonna begin to set this place free. Your worship is gonna set the person next to you free in the name of Jesus. Maybe you cry. Maybe you tell others. Maybe you witness on your job. Maybe you begin to talk different. Maybe you begin to act different. You see, all of this is worship, and it's not just what you do here. It's the life that you live. Everybody stand in this place. I'm going to share with you two more quick things. And this is where it is because you've soaked it up. You've soaked it up. And listen to me. I want you to worship today, not for me. I want you to worship today for you because the cost of your worship, church, determines the size of your breakthrough. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now you either want it or you don't. You're willing to soak it up or you're gonna sit there like a rock. That's up to you. But I'm telling you the cost of your worship 
determines the size of your breakthrough. Let me tell you about a man named Lazarus. Lazarus was sick. Will the worship team come? Because we're getting ready to sing a song that the Lord laid on my heart. But Lazarus was sick and Lazarus died. He was in the tomb and he had been there for four days. And if you don't know this story, it is, oh, what we think is dead with the word from our God when he speaks is alive in the name of Jesus. Lazarus was dead. He was in the tomb. He had been there for four days, but Lazarus was raised from the dead. Listen to John eleven forty three. 43. Jesus called with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes that have you bound and be set free. Be set free. Be set free. Be set free right now in the name of Jesus. Cast down every thought that says you look silly. Cast down every thought that says you're defeated. Cast down every thought that says somebody's looking at you. Do you know who's looking at you? Jesus. You know who's looking at you? Jesus. Jesus is looking at you right now. And the cost of your worship is about to determine the size of your breakthrough. There was a woman. That all happened when Lazarus was dead in chapter 11. But we flip over to chapter 12 and we see Mary and Martha and there was a dinner that was spread out for Jesus to honor him. Now, Mary and Martha, they were there when when Lazarus was in the tomb. They were there. They saw him dead. They saw what God did when God spoke a word and dead things came to life. They were there in chapter 11. Oh, but then we flip over to chapter 12 and there's a table spread and they're honoring Jesus and people are sitting there. And do you know what this woman decided to do? There she was. Mary was sitting at the table at the dinner to honor Jesus. And Lazarus had been raised from the dead and he was sitting at the table too. And there she was. Can't you just see it? Here you are today, just like that woman. Here you are today, just like Mary. She sat at that table and she looked around. And all of a sudden, I can see her just put her hands down on that table and she stood up. And she said, I'm not sitting here and not giving my God the praise he deserves. I'm not going to sit here and not give God my best because I saw my God bring dead things back to life. I saw a miracle working God. I saw a God that can move the mountains. We sang about it this morning. And I'm not going to sit here and not give God what he deserves. And she got up and she got her alabaster box of perfume. It was expensive. And you know what? People around her, oh yeah, they whispered, there's no place for this here. You shouldn't be pouring out what's expensive. You should give God the best thing you've got. And she went and got that alabaster box. And matter of fact, she postured herself and she began to pour it out. She began to pour it out. She began to pour it out on Jesus. Hallelujah. She began to give him all that she has. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. The cost of your worship determines the size of your breakthrough. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.